future is now. And welcome to the SVK Crypto Podcast. 15 minutes of crypto value. My name is Charles Story. I'll be your host for the next 15 minutes. We're coming live from the city of London, Shoreditch. Before we jump into today's episode, I want to say a big thank you to the guys at EOS Aurora, especially Miles, um, for mentioning the 300th show in his weekly newsletter and giving us a big shout out on Twitter as well. And I also want to say a big thank you to Kevin and the rest of the EOS New York team for all that they have been doing with regards promoting the good word of the svk crypto 15 minutes of crypto fame podcast on their newsletter on their telegram and also on twitter as well so big thank you big shout out to you guys we appreciate your support and we've got nothing but love for you on our side as well so with that in mind what's going down what's going on today we're going to kick things off with um a small segment of a internal meeting we had here at svk crypto with regards to what's been going down this week in the overall crypto sphere and particularly what's been happening on EOS and some of the updates that have been coming through as well. So with that in mind, let's jump into a meeting that was recorded earlier this morning. So let's jump in. So in this clip, Oliver's basically speaking about staking, a new project that's just been backed by Pantera Capital and a few other firms, including Coinbase Ventures, Digital Currency Group, Winklevoss Capital, Fabric Ventures, and Blocktree have all participated in. It's to do with proof of stake and staking and being able to earn crypto and earn revenue from the idea of staking as an exchange people's tokens within the exchange wallets. But here's one of us. All right, so... Okay, so um, I think you may have all been aware of and kind of, kind of seen in the news that staking as a service is becoming a big thing. So essentially that there's, you know, everyone... As we move away from proof of work, we're going towards proof of stake, okay? So the way that you generate revenue generally on the proof of stake, um, unless it's delegated, is that you have to have a minimum number of tokens and then you get paid, uh, or you, you get chosen to uh, produce the block based on how many tokens you have staked. So um, Pantera and Coinbase and a bunch of other uh, digital currency group have recently just invested in stake. And what this is gonna allow, uh, it, it will allow individual users, but the real, key value out here is that exchanges that have, hold all these tokens are going to be able to use this service to to stake onto networks like LivePeer, like Tezos, and at the moment I just checked, there's the, the, the returns on that's like 150% uh, per annum, so some really good returns that you can, you can generate, and also individual investors who have, who have tokens who want to stake in, into these kind of services can do so as well. What it does is it takes all the guesswork out of out of staking because a lot of the time you like if you're a, if you're a, it's like in EOS where you have uh, proxies you, you delegate your tokens to a proxy because I don't have time to figure out who the best what producers are I'll let someone else do it staking taking the service is the same type of thing um, and uh, there's a lot of with, with some it's simple as it's linear the more tokens you stake the more return you get but with others there's a, there's more game theory involved so so for less sophisticated investors it's uh, very value-add to them to, to be, to be utilising this. And there's, there's lots of derivatives that come off, off of this as well. Um, states particularly are working with Compound, are working with Dharma, are working with DYDX, which are all based on Ethereum and are all part of this new movement of uh, open, open world finance, so like open source finance where people can create their own derivatives 
and you know they can the whole future of this space is like I'll have um, shares in property and I'll be able to use that to collateralize something on a totally you know a totally different asset class. So that's pretty exciting, and I think that uh, staking as a service will you know will continue to grow as more proof of stake chains kind of come online. What Oliver's talking about here is really key because. He's speaking about proof of stake and staking people's tokens. Let's say you're an exchange like Coinbase or the Winklevoss is Gemini. You're holding a lot of people's tokens because a lot of people still hold their crypto in the exchange wallet. So it gives them the ability to now be active within that and create a revenue stream that was no longer before available through staking services. We're going to see more and more of this in the future, and it's another way for exchanges to make revenue. So, of course, they're going to explore that option. From prior reading on the space, through staking, exchanges can be rewarded. So a yearly figure of the yearly return from staking on different chains and tokens can be upwards around 100% 1x, which is really interesting, of course, is a massive incentive for exchanges to take this seriously and to invest time and capital into this itself to create that revenue stream. Next, Oliver speaks about proof of location, something that's of great interest at the minute, something that we've started to see a few different EOS projects start to do. So here's a little bit more about it. This whole space is very exciting. And, and um, actually, we, we, we attended a meetup way back when with, um, with the company Phone, which is doing the same thing on Ethereum. And essentially, what it, when you're relying on GPS data within a blockchain, you, this is a central point of failure. You have to oracle out to, to, a, to another service to get that data. And right. um, the way that proof of location works is that someone will set up a beacon, right? So set up a beacon here, and that beacon will have to connect to three other beacons and kind of create a four-way connection. What they do is they sync up the, their clock, so everyone has the same clock, the same time. And, and then uh, once they've done that, any, uh, any item that wants to be tracked it's essentially pinged. So as, as uh, it comes into the zone, the, 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 yeah. the, the, the nodes are pinging back and And you have forth. to set those up manually, right? Like you have to like... Well... Because I remember those guys were on foam, they manually set them up in New York where they had like four or five. Yeah, I mean, the, the nodes have to be set up manually. Yeah. But then once you have, like, once for example, if someone leaves, a, you know, a supply, so for example, supply chain, if a lorry is parked, in a certain location within that zone, it's pinged back and forth, and the time it takes for the node to receive that that message back is they, they work out the spatial location between. He goes on to say between them. Um, what's really interesting is you may make the case that the technology is already there, right? You already have location settings, and you already have that ability, right? So, say if someone was going to track you down for whatever reason, there there is technology there to make that happen. But we have to remember as well, there's only 30 satellites in space. 30, that's it, 30. And a majority of those are owned by the US. And if you really look into it, not many are used for commercial use. They're normally uh, non-commercial military use. So if you look at it that way, and you look at now the ability for people to track things, it makes a lot of sense. But one of the issues is you'd have to um, archive all of that technology that you're putting into a blockchain and basically back it up somewhere else that so you have access to it. So there's a few situations at the minute that need to be looked into with regards to uh, proof of location and, and geo, geo tracking. But I think it's really interesting as a, a whole concept. And I know that EOS Global have recently invested into a deal, I believe it's called Pintra. Um, Pintra, yes, they're based in uh, Tel Aviv, Israel, super smart team. And they recently did a, a funding round 
uh, backed by EOS Global, one of the Block One VC funds working out of Hong Kong. So this is something that's really exciting. It's really new. It's very innovative. And it's something that we're definitely looking into and looking for more information on and really looking to see how people are going into this to see what the standards are and where people are at and how much infrastructure is needed to make this happen. So with that in mind, um, I've read a really, really good piece today from a UK university by the name of Oxford University. You may have heard of them before. So they've been looking into blockchain and they've had a lot of people reading into the subject and they have found some thoughts on blockchain governance. So here's a few, um, few segments from their report. All right, all right, all right. So the principles embodied by blockchain technology serve as an innovative additional value and a conceptual and realistic alternative to the centralized manner in which our lives are currently run. Much of what we know now experience is determined through top-down decisions, whether by the management of international mega corporations or by centralized conglomerates controlling most areas of our lives. One of the questions only rarely explored in the last few years is on what rules are blockchain technology based on? This involves asking what determines a blockchain's DNA. Who has the right to make decisions? And how is this right implemented in reality? More significantly, what is the blockchain system of governments? Or who guards the guards? In general, governments refer to the institutional system facilitating shared decision-making, guaranteeing the implementation of decisions, governing bodies, whether of nations or of blockchain miners, consist of legislative, executive, and judiciary branches characterized by their ability to make executive decisions and obtain optimal results. So the Harvard Law School Forum of Corporate Governance and Financial Regulation suggests a variety of ways in which blockchain technology can be used to incorporate principles of corporate governance into currently operating corporations and views this technology as significant innovation, holding great promise for the future. However, the forum does not offer suggestions on how to integrate principles of corporate government into the technological systems on which the blockchain is based. In this potential cross-use of blockchain technology in corporate governance, and corporate governance and blockchain technology simplify um, representing different ways of stating the same goal or an unrealistic repercussion or repetition. So the blockchain is a fintech innovative affecting the economic, business, and financial sectors. Research from the European Corporate Governance Institute, ECGI, have noted the need to integrate principles of corporate governance into regulatory institutions and financial markets and have encouraged the use of corporate governance best practices. These include a collection of principles, mechanisms, and rules of defining how companies should conduct their control and oversight responsibilities as well as management principles based on transparency, unity, and accountability. So this is really interesting. So they're talking about being able to bring like governance, governance control and corporate governance into the blockchain. So it's interesting, near the end of the article, they talk about returning to the blockchain policy report recently submitted by the British Parliament. This report includes the definition of the standards of environmental, social and governance, ECG, which is in the broader equivalent of corporate social responsibility, CSR. The report states that already today, these standards have been adopted by businesses valued at $8.2 trillion in the United States alone, while worldwide, the scope of businesses using these standards is estimated at $22 trillion. The researchers recommend defining the ECG as an international set of standards to be used as the basis for the creation of the principles of governance for blockchain technology in order to ensure the creation of a moral and accountable basis for the structures, mechanisms, finances and societies and the future of those societies. Implementing their, this or well, their recommendation may guarantee preservation 
of the principles of both corporate governance and social responsibility. So they talk about, um, which is really interesting, kind of, you know, gov go corporate governance and how corporate governance is valued at a certain amount because the corporations that use it are valued at that certain amount, right? But that doesn't necessarily mean that blockchain doesn't have, like, won't be valued highly if it doesn't adopt those corporate uh, corporate governance standards. Like, it doesn't mean that at all because, like, what you're trying to do is you're trying to bring the corporate world into blockchain and trying to create all these standards and responsibilities and everything like that. And I understand what they're trying to say, but it doesn't really make sense because blockchain isn't going to be the business. Blockchain is a system that will revolutionize any industry that involves trust because it's a trustless system. So having co corporate standards and goals, like I understand, but I don't think it's priority. I think making the technology scalable, increasing adoption, I think that's what's priority. And making it so easy that people don't even know they're using blockchain technology in the background is key. Corporate responsibilities and governance rules, I think we should take a back seat. And I think we should just continue like we are, developing, building, innovating, and pushing forward, and really pioneering. I think that's what everyone has to focus on. And I think Oxford touring academy or what do they call it the touring um the touring academy yeah the touring academy needs to needs to get that act together download telegram join the svk crypto chat if you haven't already svk crowd and get involved myself and shane keeher actually um did a speech up at oxford university some of the students over there and i have to say the level of understanding on blockchain was very very impressive and a lot of them already understood what was going down what was going on so it's really interesting that I read something like this. It kind of suggests that, you know, they understand, but they're looking for corporate governance within that because the people I spoke to there who were computer scientists and mathematicians was super, super on blockchain and really understood it. So it's interesting that they've kind of used their brand to leverage this, this particular article out. But listen, I hope you found some value out of today's show. Um, we're going to keep doing that like... Like this format on Fridays is super, super exciting for us because we can use some of our own internal work here and, and see if you guys find value out of it. We hope you do. So with that in mind, that's a wrap. I got to bounce. Thank you for your time and attention as always. We keep on rocking it. Keep on supporting us. We really, really appreciate it. We really, really do. And if you haven't already, subscribe to the SVK Crypto Podcast. You know it makes sense. That's a wrap and I've got to bounce. <laughs>